Vatican Radio presents Fratelli Tutti, the encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 1, Part 2 Conflict and Fear War, terrorist attacks, racial or religious persecution and many other affronts to human dignity are judged differently depending on how convenient it proves for certain primarily economic, interests. What is true as long as it is convenient for someone in power stops being true once it becomes inconvenient. These situations of violence, sad to say, have become so common as to constitute a real Third World War fought piecemeal. This should not be surprising if we realize that we no longer have common horizons that unite us. Indeed, the first victim of every war is the human family's innate vocation to fraternity. As a result, every threatening situation breeds mistrust and leads people to withdraw into their own safety zone. Our world is trapped in a strange contradiction. We believe that we can ensure stability and peace through a false sense of security sustained by a mentality of fear and mistrust. Paradoxically, we have certain ancestral fears that technological development has not succeeded in eliminating. Indeed, those fears have been able to hide and spread behind new technologies. Today, too, outside the town walls lies the abyss, the territory of the unknown, the wilderness. Whatever comes from there cannot be trusted, for it is unknown, unfamiliar, not part of the village. It is the territory of the barbarian, from whom we must defend ourselves at all costs. As a result, new walls are erected for self-preservation. The outside world ceases to exist and leaves only my world, to the point that others, no longer considered human beings, possessed of an inalienable dignity, become only them. Once more, we encounter the temptation to build a culture of walls, to raise walls, walls in the heart, walls on the land, 
in order to prevent this encounter with other cultures, with other people. And those who raise walls will end up as slaves within the very walls they have built. They are left without horizons, for they lack this interchange with others. The loneliness, fear and insecurity experienced by those who feel abandoned by the system creates a fertile terrain for various mafias. These flourish because they claim to be defenders of the forgotten, often by providing various forms of assistance, even as they pursue their criminal interests. There also exists a typically mafioso pedagogy that, by appealing to a false communitarian mystique, creates bonds of dependency and fealty, from which it is very difficult to break free. Globalization and Progress Without a Shared Roadmap With the Grand Imam Ahmed Al-Tayeb, we do not ignore the positive advances made in the areas of science, technology, medicine, industry and welfare, above all in developed countries. Nonetheless, we wish to emphasize that together with these historical advances, great and valued as they are, there exists a moral deterioration that influences international action and a weakening of spiritual values and responsibility. This contributes to a general feeling of frustration, isolation and desperation. We see outbreaks of tension and a build-up of arms and ammunition in a global context dominated by uncertainty, disillusionment, fear of the future, and controlled by narrow economic interests. We can also point to major political crises, situations of injustice, and the lack of an equitable distribution of natural resources. In the face of such crises that result in the deaths of millions of children, emaciated from poverty and hunger. There is an unacceptable silence on the international level. This panorama, for all its undeniable advances, does not appear to lead to a more humane future. In today's world, the sense of belonging to a single human family is fading, and the dream of working together for justice and peace seems an outdated utopia. What reigns instead is a cool, comfortable, and globalized indifference, born of deep disillusionment, concealed behind a deceptive illusion, thinking that we are all-powerful, while failing to realize that we are all in the same boat. This illusion, unmindful of the great fraternal values, leads to a sort of cynicism, for that is the temptation we face if we go down the road of disenchantment and disappointment. Isolation and withdrawal into one's own interests are never the way to restore hope and bring about renewal. Rather, it is closeness. It is the culture of encounter. Isolation, no. Closeness, yes. Culture clash, no. Culture of encounter, yes. In this world that races ahead yet lacks a shared roadmap, we increasingly sense that the gap 
between concern for one's personal well-being and the prosperity of the larger human family seems to be stretching to the point of complete division between individuals and human community. It is one thing to feel forced to live together, but something entirely different to value the richness and beauty of those seeds of common life that need to be sought out and cultivated. Technology is constantly advancing, yet how wonderful it would be if the growth of scientific and technological innovation could come with more equality and social inclusion. How wonderful it would be, even as we discover faraway planets, to rediscover the needs of the brothers and sisters who orbit around us. Pandemics and other calamities in history. True, a worldwide tragedy like the COVID-19 pandemic momentarily revived the sense. That we are a global community, all in the same boat, where one person's problems are the problems of all. Once more, we realized that no one is saved alone. We can only be saved together. As I said in those days, the storm has exposed our vulnerability and uncovered those false and superfluous certainties around which we constructed our daily schedules, our projects, our habits, and priorities. Amid this storm, the facade of those stereotypes with which we camouflaged our egos, always worrying about appearances, has fallen away, revealing once more the ineluctable and blessed awareness that we are part of one another, that we are brothers and sisters of one another. The world was relentlessly moving towards an economy that, thanks to technological progress, sought to reduce human costs. There were those who would have us believe that freedom of the market was sufficient to keep everything secure. Yet the brutal and unforeseen blow of this uncontrolled pandemic forced us to recover our concern for human beings, for everyone, rather than for the benefit of a few. Today we can recognize that we fed ourselves on dreams of splendor and grandeur, and ended up consuming distraction, insularity, and solitude. We gorged ourselves on networking and lost the taste of fraternity. We looked for quick and safe results, only to find ourselves overwhelmed by impatience and anxiety. Prisoners of a virtual reality, we lost the taste and flavour of the truly real, the pain, uncertainty, and fear, and the realisation of our own limitations. Brought on by the pandemic, have only made it all the more urgent that we rethink our styles of life, our relationships, the organisation of our societies, and above all, the meaning of our existence. If everything is connected, it is hard to imagine that this global disaster is unrelated to our way of approaching reality, our claim to be absolute masters of our own lives and of all that exists. 
I do not want to speak of divine retribution, nor would it be sufficient to say that the harm we do to nature is itself the punishment for our offenses. The world is itself crying out in rebellion. We are reminded of the well-known verse of the poet Virgil that evokes the tears of things, the misfortunes of life and history. All too quickly, however, we forget the lessons of history, the teacher of life. Once this health crisis passes, our worst response would be to plunge even more deeply into feverish consumerism and new forms of egotistic self-preservation. God willing, after all this, we will think no longer in terms of them and those, but only us. If only this may prove not to be just another tragedy of history from which we learned nothing. If only we might keep in mind all those elderly persons who died for lack of respirators, partly as a result of the dismantling, year after year, of healthcare systems. If only this immense sorrow may not prove useless, but enable us to take a step forward towards a new style of life. If only we might rediscover once and for all that we need one another, and that in this way our human family can experience a rebirth with all its faces, all its hands and all its voices beyond the walls that we have erected. Unless we recover the shared passion to create a community of belonging and solidarity worthy of our time, our energy and our resources, the global illusion that misled us will collapse and leave many in the grip of anguish and emptiness. Nor should we naively refuse to recognize that obsession with a consumeristic lifestyle, above all when few people are capable of maintaining it, can only lead to violence and mutual destruction. The notion of every man for himself will rapidly degenerate into a free-for-all that would prove worse than any pandemic. An absence of human dignity on the borders. Certain populist political regimes, as well as certain liberal economic approaches, maintain that an influx of migrants is to be prevented at all costs. Arguments are also made for the propriety of limiting aid to poor communities so that they can hit rock bottom and find themselves forced to take austerity measures. One fails to realise that behind such statements, abstract and hard to support, great numbers of lives are at stake. Many migrants have fled from war, persecution and natural catastrophes. Others, rightly, are seeking opportunities for themselves and their families. They dream of a better future and they want to create the conditions for achieving it. Sadly, some are attracted by Western culture, sometimes with unrealistic expectations that expose them to grave disappointments. Unscrupulous traffickers, frequently linked to drug or arms cartels, 
exploit the weakness of migrants, who too often experience violence, trafficking, psychological and physical abuse, and untold suffering on their journey. Those who emigrate experience separation from their place of origin and often a cultural and religious uprooting as well. Fragmentation is also felt by the communities they leave behind, which lose their most vigorous and enterprising elements, and by families, especially when one or both of the parents migrates, leaving the children in the country of origin. For this reason, there is also a need to reaffirm the right not to emigrate, that is, to remain in one's homeland. Then too, in some host countries, migration causes fear and alarm, often fermented and exploited for political purposes. This can lead to a xenophobic mentality, as people close in on themselves, and it needs to be addressed decisively. Migrants are not seen as entitled, like others, to participate in the life of society, and it is forgotten that they possess the same intrinsic dignity as any person. Hence they ought to be agents in their own redemption. No one will ever openly deny that they are human beings, yet, in practice, by our decisions and the way we treat them, we can show that we consider them less worthy less important, less human. For Christians, this way of thinking and acting is unacceptable, since it sets certain political preferences above deep convictions of our faith, the inalienable dignity of each human person, regardless of origin, race or religion, and the supreme law of fraternal love. Migration, more than ever before, will play a pivotal role in the future of our world. At present, however, migration is affected by the loss of that sense of responsibility for our brothers and sisters, on which every civil society is based. Europe, for example, seriously risks taking this path. Nonetheless, Aided by its great cultural and religious heritage, it has the means to defend the centrality of the human person and to find the right balance between its twofold moral responsibility to protect the rights of its citizens and to assure assistance and acceptance to migrants. I realize that some people are hesitant and fearful with regard to migrants. I consider this part of our natural instinct of self-defense. Yet it is also true that an individual and a people are only fruitful and productive if they are able to develop a creative openness to others. I ask everyone to move beyond those primal reactions because there is a problem when doubts and fears condition our way of thinking and acting to the point of making us intolerant, closed, and perhaps even without realizing it, racist. In this way, fear deprives us of the desire and the ability to encounter the other.
You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti. The encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Micheli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees.